Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Hey, Anna, we had an awesome guest on the Connex show this past week, and it's kind of coming right off of Connex, the in-person event that happened in Toronto, where we saw Nate Skinner talk about the need to keep the attention of our audiences. It's so hard today with all the distractions we have, but he really zeroes in on this. And what I found cool about this one is not just his stance on how to keep people's attention, but also the challenges he has at a company the size of Salesforce.com. I mean, that's that's pressure, right? Yeah, totally. Especially they are sort of one product within all of Salesforce. So, you know, you have that added structure complexity and, you know, reaching new emerging marketers and keeping their customers. And Nate goes into some just really great tips and tricks, especially if you work in an organization that has a really complex structure or you have multiple different goals that you're working towards, or, you know, you're even kind of, I don't want to say duking it out for resources, but, you know, if you're kind of one in a set of many, you know, it's, he has just a lot of great tips and tricks and framework sort of advice. Absolutely. And, and, you know, for a little bit more context, Nate's been in B2B marketing for the last 10 years, a lot of that time spent at Salesforce. Now he focuses specifically on the Pardot product, which helps marketers automate a lot of the... Yeah. And we learned how to say Pardot. Yeah, we did. We did. And we learned a lot about him and we, we got into some of the cool campaigns they're going to do at Dreamforce. One of the things that we didn't hit on, and I don't know how this didn't come up because you are from Phoenix and tell me if I'm generalizing, is that he went to Arizona State University. Is that a good or bad thing? I I good? Okay. I don't know. I figured Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, it's good. It's really good. I think, you know, it's good. It's the biggest university here. There's some amazing programs. We have a wonderful MBA. I didn't go there though. So all right. Okay. Can't speak to it personally. It is it is your hometown. It is your hometown. So it's just giving you a chance. It is. Of course I'm gonna defend it. I didn't I didn't know if there's like this local animosity between different Arizona schools. You know, it's like Michigan State versus University of Michigan. Like that gets dirty out on the east side. I didn't know what it was like out in Arizona, but... Yeah, it's ASU versus U of A, but I went to NAU, so I stay out of it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. We're, we're also confusing the other podcast we recently <laughs> did on education and school and alumni. But, you know, you can go and listen to that podcast too. For now, you're tuning in to hear about how a marketer at a company that's worth over $112 billion executes at scale. Enjoy this podcast. Let's roll with it. Hey, Nate, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really great to have you here. Hey, Anna, thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Yeah. I know it's so great, especially I just saw you at Connex, so now I get to we get to talk to you again. Um, so I got to know you a little bit at Connex. Anybody who went to Connex got to know you a little bit more because you actually gave a great talk there. But for those who couldn't join, would you mind just telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, it was great to meet you at Anna at uh, Connex, an awesome conference. Uh, anyone that didn't get a chance to go, I highly recommend it. 
from the team there. Uh, yeah, Nate Skinner, I uh, run p- marketing for Salesforce Pardot. Uh, been doing marketing for 10 years now. The first 10 years of my career was all field. So I was in the, in the field as an SE and a sales rep and an inside sales rep back in the early days. I don't want to date myself too much, but uh, the second chapter of my career started 10 years ago and has been 10 years this next year, actually, uh, in explicitly focused on B2B marketing. Nice. Congrats on the 10-year anniversary. That's awesome. It's always fun when you hit those milestones. I'm also I'm also really relieved, Nate, because so many people look at the word Pardot and they, you know, I've I've had them do like the Target, if you will, right? Like the Target, Target, yeah. But we've now got you on audio, so I'm just going to say the person who runs marketing there says it's pronounced in this this fashion. So thank you for clearing things up out of the gate. People are already, you know, way ahead of where they were. It is Pardot, not Pardo. And someday when you guys. Uh... Adam Blitzer on the podcast, you may want to ask him about the backstory. It's a pretty fascinating um, story and how we found our name, but it is indeed Pardot. I love it. We'll leave people with a cliffhanger. So we'll just, we'll tease everybody out with that. So Nate, you have a really interesting structure there though. So based on, you know, you and I've had some chats and, and we've been chatting with Randy, you actually are a company within a company, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's probably more accurate to say a product within a company full of products, but that that is true. We we have a very large organization. Salesforce has over thirty thousand employees worldwide, operating in a lot of geographies uh, around the globe, and, and marketing is not unique in that capacity. We have teams all over the world. All right, you have a couple of different things going on here, which I'm really interested to pick your brain about. One of them is being a product within a company and sort of having you know obviously. You know, you. I'm sure you align to the same sort of ultimate vision and goals, but you obviously have your own internal set of goals um, for Pardot. And then, of course, you have your own dedicated teams and things like that. So that creates, and then, of course, coupled with, you know, globalization and, and different geographies, you have a lot going on there. So how do you kind of unpack that structure? And how do you kind of, what does that structure look like internally? How do you guys operate and create all of this great content? Yeah, that's a really great question, Anna. Uh, and I'm sure that a lot of listeners face this too, depending on the size of organization and, and mission. You know, the, the, the Salesforce corporate model for alignment is what Mark has always called the V2 mom, Mark Benioff, our CEO. From the beginning of the company, it, this V2 mom framework is an alignment structure. It stands for vision, values, methods, obstacles, and measures. And the idea there is that you you start with the company vision, you describe your company's values, you describe methods. Methods are like our top priorities as a company, you know, literally from one to 10, what are the most important objectives of the company? Uh, and then you describe for each method, a number of obstacles and a number of metrics. And because of that being core to the Salesforce way it, it ladders down. So teams like mine inherit from those teams above and to my left and to my right m- mechanisms from their V2 moms. And that actually lends itself to a very well-aligned global company. It's surprisingly aligned for the size. Uh, in my experience, uh, rarely do you see this, especially as I talk to customers who struggle with this challenge. If I gave someone a tip, I'd say, come up with a framework similar to to that one because it really does help our team feel connected to the global Salesforce mission while at the same time maintaining 
our own objective and our own identity within the larger Salesforce team. And you guys do it so well. I mean, as you hit on, Nate, you have so many different products at Salesforce. And, you know, here at Uberflip, we use a number of them, but we, we don't use all of them. So I don't necessarily always see all those marketing assets and see how they're all aligned. But there there is one time of the year, which I think we're all pretty much in prep mode if we know Salesforce and we're a customer, uh, you know, for which is Dreamforce, right? Like that's the event I go to. And I'm amazed not just at how big the event is, but how wherever you are, there's this consistent brand, there's this consistent messaging, this consistent theme that comes across. And maybe, you know, since you're probably in Dreamforce mode right now, how, maybe let's use that as an example. How does that work? Yeah, that's a great one. And I was thinking about this uh, Dreamforce this morning. This is my 10th year. My very first Dreamforce was 2009. And so when you add them together, including 2009 to 2018, this will be my 10th one. Uh, not all that time as an employee, but even as a partner at another company uh, in between. I was here before and I left and I came back. Um, in all those times, I've been part of Dreamforce in some capacity for 10 years, which is crazy. Uh, and back when I first went in 2009, the numbers were not nearly as large, to your point, Randy. I mean, this year we have over 200,000 people expected uh, at Dreamforce, the largest technology conference on earth by far. So uh, it's really. People literally stay on a boat, right? Like I, I know that happened the last couple of years because there's not enough hotel rooms. Yeah, you know, interesting. I don't think we're we brought back the boat, but yes, uh, housing and like hotels uh, run out of room. It's fascinating. Some people from my team, in fact, come over on BART. They stay, you know, in Oakland or down by the airport, and they take the BART because it's it's if there are rooms left, they're very expensive. But um, it's kind of testament to the the reach and the message that Salesforce has for our customers and our partners that everyone wants to be there. And most people, when you ask them why uh, it's because they want to learn what's happening, what's new, what's available to them that will help them transform their company. And at Salesforce, we call those people trailblazers, right? The, the trailblazers at companies like Stanley Black and Decker, uh, her name is Lily, who, who come to Dreamforce to both, learn how others are doing what she's doing, uh, but also to impart their knowledge on others and share their insights. And so that's, that's really what it's all about. Uh, kind of back to your, your question, it's the similar alignment. We have a Dreamforce uh, steering committee, and uh, it's led by a lady named Bridget Donner, who I've known for quite a long time. She's been around Salesforce almost as long as I have, if not as long. Um, and starting at kind of her purview of all of the things, right, the landscape of the conference itself, starting at Moscone and branching out to hotels like the Marriott, where we have our keynote, to the Palace Hotel, where we have the Pardot home base and the Pied Piper restaurant. They're looking at all of that and saying, how do we connect people to the experiences that matter to them? And that really is the guiding kind of North Star is if you come to Dreamforce and you're a marketer, or you come to Dreamforce and you're a sales rep, or you come to Dreamforce and you're a marketing operations person or a sales ops or a revenue ops person, where do you go to make sure you get the most out of your time? And the Dreamforce campus is laid out in such a way to allow you to find your way to the place that makes the most sense for you based on what you do and who you are. I think that speaks to content, right? I mean, as, as I come out of Connex, I talked uh, to Emma's point, Anna's point, to Anna's point early on, I talked about um, the Connex conference. Our talk was about 
elevating content to the experience level. The whole Connex conference was about content experiences. We think about taking content as part of an even larger experience. How does that translate physically in the space at Dreamforce for each human being? And it's very different for depending on who you are. Yeah, that's it's so true. It's it's funny. It's, you were describing that that experience of navigating Dreamforce, and I, I don't have ten under my belt, but I've I've got a few. Uh, it, I, I would almost compare it to like going to Disney World, right? Where you can go into Disney World as a five year old, fifteen year old, and sometimes you see those scary like forty five year olds who are there themselves. But you know they all have this experience that's tailored to them that they can navigate and find. And and you're right, it's it's very much that same type of experience when you go to that event and, and, and I'd love to dig deeper into how you're all uniting around creating this content. But before we do that, we're going to take a short break here. And as we go into it, I, I want to reinforce that the marketers should go to the palace hotel because that's where I've gone to kind of like find my home base when I'm at Dreamforce. And, uh, you know, on the second floor, there's lots of great breakouts. And as you said, there's that Pied Piper space on the first floor of the hotel. This is kind of the, the part of, you know, HQ, if you will. Am I describing it right? Yeah. I mean, it's B2B marketing home, right? If you're a, especially a B2B marketer, the Pied Piper is kind of home base. And then if you're a marketer more generally, or a B2C marketer, the palace is the rest of our programming. So everything to, to Randy, to your point, if you're a marketer self-identified as a marketer, B2C or otherwise, B2B or otherwise, start at the palace and work your way out. Gotcha. All right. So let's do a quick break and we're going to keep digging into the content you're creating around this event and other executions for Pardot. Hey, Randy, on behalf of Convince and Convert, I just want to say how great it is um, that we get to partner on this podcast together. Yeah, this is so much fun for me, Anna. And, you know, for Uberflip to be part of this, you know, we learn so much. But, uh, you know, every once in a while we get to do one of these sponsor reads and we naturally couldn't send you to our website. That would just be shameless. So what we like to do is give you content. And we've got a really great asset to drive you all to today because it ties all around content experience and whether it's working. And what we did was instead of doing a survey, we actually looked at data. And in that data, we found eight data science insights that help boost content engagement and conversions. And that's what we all care about is growth and making sure that our content is working for us. So you can get that killer report. You don't want to miss it. Go to uberflip.com slash show report. So that's Connex show report with no spaces and have a look, let us know what you think and please enjoy on behalf of you know, now Anna, you and me. So I'm going to tell you about a book that is partly all Jay Bear, but partly selfishly for me, Randy, I'm really excited about. This is Jay's new book, Talk Triggers. If you've read Utility before, Hug Your Haters, this is going to be right up your alley. And it's focused 100% on how to grow your business, but in the ways that we don't expect, in the ways that you know we get our audience to start talking about us. And the way we do that is word of mouth. But to get that, we need to create these memorable stories. And that's where I was really excited and honored that Jay included 
myself and Uberflip is one of the stories in Talk Triggers. It's the story of our headbands and how you know they they kind of captured our audiences and created this following where people would talk about them when I'd run into them at events. So there's a whole part of a chapter on it. I think the cover of the book is this beautiful pink, which you know Jay tells me I get a little bit of credit for too because of the pink headband. So when you see that book with its beautiful pink cover and the alpacas on the cover, which I have no idea where those come from, Pick it up, go to talktriggers.com, and I guarantee you'll enjoy. All right. So right before the break, Nate, we were talking about Dreamforce and how there's going to be just a lot of fun things happening. But also, most importantly, people are going to go to this event and they are going to learn a ton and they are going to get a ton of information. They're going to learn about a lot of new trends. They are going to want to go back and implement all of these things But, you know, maybe kind of when they get back, you know, there's some organizational issues and things like that. So how in your your perspective, how do you recommend people kind of take all of these trends that they're reading about, that they're seeing, that they're hearing about and bring it back and actually create these experiences for their customers? Yeah, you know, there's a lot. I mean, Anna, your point about the the kind of information overload is pretty much spot on. And that's not... In a great way. Yeah. I mean, there's more to to learn and consume than you could possibly kind of keep in your head in one sitting. And and that's that's a good thing. But at the end of the day, I think what what I find people ask me all the time and, and want to understand is how do we go actually practice what we've learned? How do we put some of these concepts into play at our company? And and those concepts vary, right? There, there's some very abstract and some very meaningful or impactful technologies at play here today. But most folks that I work with, want to, they come to us and say, hey, you know, artificial intelligence, everybody's talking about it. How do I take advantage of it? What does it mean um, to leverage AI in my business as a marketer? Uh, people talk about the breadth and depth of data. You know, data is everywhere. It's it's constantly coming out of everything and every place, you know, now with connected devices, connected homes, all of the data that's resulting from this modern kind of industry, the modern world we live in is is driving a a need to understand what to do with all that data, to synthesize it and and like learn a new level of analytics and understanding. So the answer to, to your question is, and hey, Nate, what, how do we take advantage of it? How do we actually implement some of this amazing technology at our firm? And we start the answer to that with what, what are you trying to achieve as a company? How do you define success? And then back into the solutions that make the most sense for you. Oftentimes, they happen to be, if you're not taking advantage of artificial intelligence, and for Salesforce, that means Einstein, that's our embedded technology in the platform, Uh, for AI. If you don't have that turned on in your organization, then the machine is not doing its learning on your behalf, right? So everything you're doing manually means that by definition, you're behind. And then on the analytics side, if you're getting all this data and you don't have a platform in which to analyze it and understand what it means, the analysis part of data analysis, then you're missing an opportunity there as well. And that's technology like B2B marketing analytics from Pardot or the Einstein analytics platform at Salesforce. But ultimately, use something to leverage artificial intelligence and apply an analytical capability to your business. Otherwise, you're, you're kind of shooting in the dark 
Yeah, and, and that was a big trend that we had last week when we were together in Toronto from a lot of the talks. It's just the importance of not necessarily AI. I, I don't know if that was in everyone's talk, but it was about personalization. How do we start to create content that's going to better connect with people? Because as you talked about in, in your address to the crowd, it, it's, we're all distracted. Right. I, I, I love the way you portrayed this. You even brought in same ingredient I use in all my talks, which is kids. Yeah, you had a, you had a great kids video. Uh, but, but maybe tell us about how you are overcoming you know, that distraction factor that people have. Yeah, I, you know, the, the talk was fun at Connex because I got to take advantage of my son. My son, I take advantage of, I should say, I got a chance to put my son. We do, we do so much for our kids. We have to use their footage. Like that's, it's, it's their only way of paying us back as marketers. That's right. And so putting him into the, the pit, the, the, the um, talk at Connex as like my protagonist was fun because he actually is a representative example of exactly the problem you just described. So he's three and three-year-olds, if you know any, uh, they're easily distracted. In fact, keeping their attention for long periods of time is almost impossible. And what's happened in, in his time, in his lifetime, three years, he grew up in an environment where everything is instantly on, right? There's the iPad, there's the Google voice, there's the Amazon echo, there's uh, an iPhone, you know, our, my car has a computer screen and a monitor in it. Like he's, he's not used to not having it all on all the time. And that is going to be, that's our future, right? That's, that's the next generation. If we think that kids and, and you know, the, the millennials of the world are, are distracted now, just wait until my son is 24 years old and in his first professional job. And so that kind of distraction environment or distraction economy, if you will, has to be counterbalanced with what we talked about at Connex, which is an experience economy. And we looked through a lot of research and found this amazing Harvard Business Review that talked about the coming experience economy and the need to take things like content and connect them to everything that a customer or a prospect will engage with from the moment they hit your website to the minute they buy whatever it is you're selling them, that all of those things should be connected, that you, you should ultimately leaves, it creates an experience which is more memorable and memories are what create loyalty now. It's no, gone are the days of, you know, oh, they'll give me some points for, for me rebooking at that particular place or buying a ticket from that particular spot. More likely, what, what I will return my business to you because of is that you've less, left a memory for me. And a memory you can't take over, it can't be bought, it can't be replaced easily. And that's what we talk about when we, talk, when we help our customers understand how do you create connected experiences, especially as marketers who arguably in a company are the, are the ones who care about that the most, right? They're the ones who have kind of end-to-end uh, responsibility for what that experience is like for customers. I love that. Also, to one comment here before I have a follow-up as well is that um, by far and away, people – the chatter that I heard around your talk was that they loved that you incorporated your kids into it. Like just how everybody was like, Oh, it was so adorable. And like, so everybody just so you know, everybody loved the anecdote and hearing all about it. And then also too, it also reminds me um, of Andrew Davis's talk where he was talking about the curiosity gap and how, you know, it's really, 
um, not just getting that attention. Like it's easy to get someone's attention, but then to keep it is really where we have to create that curiosity gap. And I feel like you follow up perfectly with that, with, you know, not just keeping their attention, but also like retaining them and keeping them going with us, um, with, you know, the distraction economy and, and just, you know, keeping them on board basically. So not just engaging them, but creating experiences that keep them around too, which is something that we don't talk enough about in general in marketing. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely right. I, you know, extraordinary content as a great example, it can leave, uh, it, can, it can change someone's mind or engage them in a way they've not been engaged before, or it can cause them to take a particular action. The question is, is it memorable so that they come back to it without remembering or having you call? Is, is the content connected to an experience that leaves a memory? And that, that's actually the opportunity. Like, that's what I loved about Connex, actually, and I talked to this in my talk, was it's easy to have a conference. Lots of people do. And Connex's conference was an experience, just like Dreamforce is an experience. I think Randy kind of likened it to going to Disney. Um, it's the same thing at Connex, for those that weren't there, it was at the Royal Music Conservatory. Did I say that right, or is it the Royal Conservatory? You nailed it. It's a, it's a mouthful. There's more to that title, but but you, that's more than enough credit that, that you're giving them. Yeah. So it was at this Royal Conservatory of Music. The theme was music. The t-shirts had vinyl records on them. The tracks were all named after songs. Like, that is an experience. That's taking a, a regular technology conference and taking it up a couple levels, right? Dreamforce, we do the same thing. It, we have a trailhead theme throughout where you the idea is that national parks allow you to explore and become part of what you're involved in, what's the best part of our country and our, and our nation's legacy. And those that set off to create those environments we call trailblazers, and that's the theme throughout. And so you get everything you see and everything you feel is that experience. That goes to content. It goes to marketing too. How do you, as opposed to getting someone's attention for just a second and then it's gone, how do you get their attention, keep their attention, leave a memory and never have to worry about whether they know who you are or not. And that's a different level of operation that marketers today, we, we find are struggling with understanding how to do it. Those that figure it out are, are winning. And those that haven't yet figured it out need to figure out how to catch up because the, the, the world is now in a place where it is extraordinarily difficult to kind of filter through the noise. Couldn't agree more. And I know Randy agrees with that sentiment as well. And Honestly, I can't think that I feel like you just kind of dropped to the mic right there and, and delivered sort of like a, just this amazing piece of wisdom. Um, I love it. I agree with it. Um, we know that you are going to be a Dreamforce. You just got off Connex. You're going to be a Dreamforce and delivering even more insights and amazingness. Um, where can people find you at Dreamforce or where can they connect with you and, and sort of see you and, and talk more with you about all this? Yeah, thanks. Uh, and I appreciate the, the opportunity to have this discussion today. So Dreamforce is September 26th, 29th, Thursday, September 27th at 1030 a.m. We will be delivering our Salesforce for B2B marketers keynote at the Marriott Marquis. Uh, that's for those that are attending Dreamforce, September 27th, 1030 a.m. The other place is the Pied Piper, Randy and I talked earlier in the podcast, at the Palace Hotel, right on Market in New Montgomery, in the lobby, kind of to the right, is a restaurant called the Pied Piper. And for Dreamforce, our team of, at Pardot takes over that space. 
So that will be kind of B2B marketing home. In fact, I, I think, Randy, your team's joining us in this space as well, I think. Absolutely. I can't wait. I mean, it's it's nice. As I will tell people who have not been to Dreamforce, it's nice to know you have a home. And we are very excited to be sharing some space with you this year. Yeah. And the, the last thing I'll mention, because I, if I don't, our, our customer uh, will have missed an opportunity. We partner with the SPCAI. Uh, their mission is to save animals worldwide. Um, it's a dot is a as a nonprofit organization, and we last year at Dreamforce, the Pardot team partnered up with their with them, and we had a puppy kennel on the third floor of the Palace Hotel, and literally you could come in there and pet these puppies, and it was kind of amazing. And you'd walk into this room, and it smelled very much like a puppy. It was awesome. Um, and we had three puppies adopted last year, if you can believe that. I, I had I was shocked. It was awesome. This year, we're taking that to the next level, and we're going to have the paw dot puppies, is what we call them, out on the side of the street on Jesse Street next to the Palace Hotel. We're building out the space there so the puppies can be outdoors without being at risk of getting hit by cars or anything. Um, but it'll allow everyone in the city of San Francisco to come and engage with the SPCAI and pet the paw dot puppies and ideally adopt some of them or make donations to that organization uh, for saving more animals. So that, that's the last. That's awesome. I, I'll tell you, I, I was there last year. I took a pick and my wife was like, bring one home, um, which I, I did not do to Toronto, but, uh, it, it is extremely heartwarming and a great thing that you guys do to get back. To- I I'm just sitting here with like the biggest case of FOMO, like already missing out cause it's Dreamforce, And then, um, you know, Randy, you described it as like Walt Disney World and puppies. I, I'm dead. That's it. I'm done. Well, everyone's hooked now. So Nate, what we're going to do, we're going to get you to stick around. We always get to like to get to know our guests a little bit after, you know, we talk business. We'll do that right back here on the Connect show. All right, Nate. So I had these this whole set of questions that I was going to ask you uh, coming back in the personal side, but you kind of warmed all of our hearts with the dog thing. And now I'm curious if you're a pet guy. Uh, like, did you ever have a pet as a kid? You know, have you have you brought one into the home with the family? Like, are you going to be one of the guys adopting? You know, uh, that's a great question, Randy. Um, I actually I love puppies. I had a dog when I was a kid named Cracker. Uh, a golden retriever. And then I had another dog back in 97 uh, that was a chocolate lab. And I love both of those dogs. But for me now with my lifestyle and as much as I travel, I'd feel like a dog was not served well at my home. They'd be at a, at a boarding house more than they'd be at my house. And so for now, you know, you know, knock on wood someday, maybe I love dogs. Okay. So we're going to play a quick little game here and you're going to be on the hot seat too. If you, if, if you had it, if you had a new pet, like a dog or something, what would you name it? Like, what would be your new pet's name? Because you just threw some good ones out there, Nate. What would be your pet's name? I'd have to go with Hamilton. Hamilton, nice. Because of the play or? Yeah, my daughter. My daughter is totally infatuated with all things Hamilton. And it's forced me to then become infatuated with all things Hamilton. And I just finished the book by Ron Chernow that's very long called Hamilton, uh, which is what the play is based on. But now I'm like a huge Hamilton fan. And so I would probably name my pet Hamilton. Nice. All right, Anna, you're up. What would you name your dog? 
Oh man, I, you know what? I genuinely am terrible about naming animals. Like for example, my cat's name is Kitty because we don't know what to call him. Um, but I know people who like, I, I would want to name it something really obscure and random like cheese or toast, or I knew someone once who had a cat named Kurt Russell and that's at the top of my list. Amazing. Okay. So I have a dog. I have a dog who's almost 14 and, uh, but my wife already talks about the next dog, which I, I will probably veto, but we, we still play the name game because we're not having more kids. So we, you got to do something on those long car drives. And I think she's got the best name. She wants to get like a little bulldog and name it Dwayne Johnson, which I think this would be awesome. Right? Like, you know, if, if you're a rock fan or, you know, Jumanji or whatnot, you know who I'm talking about. So. All right, guys, this has been so much fun, Nate. Thanks so much for you know helping helping marketers tune in and understand what it's like to have such such an exciting role in a company that is you know at the scale and size and impact of, of Salesforce and within you know your world of Pardot. Uh, we thank you so much. For those who have been tuning in, if you've enjoyed this podcast, check out some of our other episodes. Anna mentioned one of them with Drew Davis. It was a couple of weeks ago where he talks about Curiosity Gap. All those episodes exist at thecontentexperienceshow.com. Download us on anywhere you get your podcast. Let us know what you're enjoying. Until next time, thanks so much for tuning in. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to The Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.